Welcome to episode 34 of Iron Man Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, welcome along to episode 34 of Iron Man Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles and it's brought to you by... Coffees of Hawaii. And actually last week we talked about the website and we went .net and they've actually changed their website to .com. So it's... So you can get all your coffee from www.coffeesofhawaii.com. There we go. So we'll talk about them more a little bit later on the show. But in this week's show we've got our news. We've got quite a few race results from the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, plus Ultraman's coming up, which is kind of cool. Uh, another big race, which we'll talk about later on. Um, we've got some other news. In basic other news. We've got topic of the week for last week was what? Uh, just sort of talking about pro athletes and how they can sort of stretch their muscles a bit more and get better conditions, better pay, etc. And we've got a very exciting topic of the week for next week, but we'll get into that later. Age gripper of the week, high five, and uh, coach's corner, mate. I'm not having coach's corner this week. We're, just, coach- we're gonna have, we've got plenty of content plenty. there with us. Our website of the week, and we've also got our questions and answers. So, lots happening this week in the show. So, first of all, our results from last weekend, or well, last couple weeks. Week. Yeah. It was the weekend before, the 70.3. 70.3, world champs. And I was sitting there quite happily last week, and we I got the picks right. You got the picks right? Got the picks right. Okay, well, let's look at the results. So, we, we both uh, we picked Samantha McGlone to win, yep. and Craig Alexander, and they brought home the bacon. And the bacon. And uh, yeah, Simon Lessing wasn't down on the start list, and uh, we thought he was racing, and he ended up racing. But uh, you know, fantastic result for Craig Alexander to beat Simon Lessing. You know, arguably the greatest sort of short course athlete of all time, uh, and actually just took him down on the run. So it was a fantastic result, running a one twelve. Wow, that's pretty awesome, isn't it? Very, very good run. Um, so well done to Crowey. Took it out from Simon Lessing. And in third place, we had... Richie Cunningham. Richie Cunningham. From Happy Days. Happy Days. Something One, two, three, four. four. Happy <laughs> Days. Um, apparently, I think that they had a bit of a bunch that got away, and Chris Lee missed that bunch uh, coming out of the swim. He thought he was in the lead pack, and he got up and realised about five or six of them had got away. So ah. he sort of had a bit of work to do by himself. Um, and so good result to come up, run up to um, and bike up to fourth place. And uh, good to see our Kiwi fellow, Terenzo Bazzini, only there in sixth place, a yeah. young, young bloke. He's only um, how old is twenty one? About twenty one, something yeah. like that. So, pretty solid rate. Um, not the strongest field. A lot of guys that were on the start list didn't didn't rock up. Yep. Um, but you know, obviously, the top five is very very strong. And uh, yeah, interesting race to set the inaugural seventy point three champs. Now, where are the females? Let's have a look. The kind of emotional together. Uh, leaderboard. 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 <coughs> okay, here we go. Leaderboard. That's what we want. And we had uh, Samantha McGlone taking that out. She had a fantastic year. She was doing some ITU races as well, but um, earlier in the year, she was just completely dominant over the mm. half Ironman distance. Gee, she's an active athlete, isn't she? Yeah, she's. Uh, I think her swim must be a little bit of weakness because I've seen her on TV on the ITU races, and she's always seems to be a fair way behind and trying to make up ground on the run. So. Um, fantastic win for her over Lisa Bentley, who's backed up after Hawaii. Yeah. Um, just a couple of weeks after Hawaii to back up and two minutes behind. So Sam- Samantha McGlone, 4.12.58, and uh, about a minute and a half behind was Lisa Bentley. And Miranda Carfrey, uh, I think she's an Australian, was in third place. So nice. Now, yeah. uh, <laughs> we've got an email through from a few, actually, she got this link from a few people. And there's a photo on trial fuel. Uh, from the cycle leg of the world champs and it's uh basically it's called a picture has, is worth a thousand words and it's uh it's incredible <laughs> a, a drafting like you wouldn't believe it's a cycle race it's, it's this, in this picture there's probably about 30 people within about 10 meters of them each other and uh, i spoke to one of the athletes that i coach who did the race and she said she has never seen anything like the drafting they had there and we predicted it and yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to sound like a know-it-all like i was the but only one predicting it <laughs> but i mean what were they thinking a yeah. flat course um starting 1800 people um just with little four minute intervals between waves and it's not like they had a separate wave for each age group so it would have just been a constant stream of people coming out of the swim and then they've got um one lane of the road open and it's probably about two to three meters wide a yeah. flat course i just 
don't know what they were thinking. And in this picture, you, you literally, if you look far back in the picture, you just see bikes everywhere. There's no way to get past. Correct me because some guys are on aero bars. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's, that's actually not very safe even. Very dangerous. And uh, what the pretty scary thing is, is they've got, uh, I think, Clearwater, where the race was held, has got the rights to the race for another two years. Wow. So I don't know what the hell they're going to do next year, but... Um, it's just crazy. You just can't hold a championship race on a flat course um, and having that many people on the and course. And starting that close to each other. Exactly. So, I mean, they either do what the ITU does and they start the waves, a reasonable gap in between each wave. You know, if you started in five-year age groups, then you'd probably be able to split it up. Um, but it's just a joke. Do they have to accept it's just a drafting race? Oh, they can't. Like, they're not going to come they out can't. and say it, are they? Oh, I don't know. I, I haven't read too much about it, but it's just ridiculous. Yeah, we'll put a link to this um, this website on our uh, Man Talk, and uh, check out the photo. It's unbelievable. Honestly, you'll look at it and you're just like, whoa. <laughs> it's, it's almost scary, so isn't I'm, it? I'm sure there's a lot of frustrated people out there who are doing the race, and so it'll be very, very interesting to see what sort of... Uh, reaction they get next year and whether people will bother turning up when they know it's just going to be a draft fest. If, I guess if you're a good runner it's okay but if you're even remotely good on the bike even if you wanted to pass people there's, yeah. no, there's no space we can see in this picture there's one guy who's out beyond the cones obviously trying to get past everybody but uh, yeah it'd be a very very frustrating day at the office mm-hmm. so check out that link on the website um, anything else on the race? no no really. that was that was about it really well, that's, on. let's move on uh, what was the next race we had we had the world champs in I can't even find world it world long course champs in uh, Australia Australia last weekend and uh, let's just wait for it to load up there we go actually ended up being um, a pretty strong field I was talking a couple of weeks ago saying uh, I don't, wasn't really sure you know whether people really value this race that much yep. but it ended up being a very very good field uh, and Tjorborn Sindabal from Denmark dominated on the bike and uh, and really just had to hang on in the run so a bit of a very very similar scenario to Hawaii where we had an Aussie chasing down um, the leader but Tjorborn Sindabal rode a 302 yeah um, wow. apparently the course was a bit long what was the actual distance uh, it's supposed to be 120 k's okay. um, reasonably undulating um, but he rode a 302 and the next fastest guys you know Craig Alexander who finished second rode a 314 so he put around about 12 minutes into those guys on the bike yep. so fantastic effort um, and Crowy you know backing up a week later after the 70.3 champs after the win there what do they run 30 do they uh, they run 30k yeah okay. but again apparently it was pretty hot and a little bit long as well what was it which is a bit disappointing yeah <laughs> but he was uh, Crowy was mowing him down uh, and he got within um, about a minute of him but apparently he's cramping pretty badly towards the end of the run yep. which is sort of understandable having raced yeah, a, just a, week before. a hard race the week before yep um, so Tjorborn Cinderbar won 51 minute swim 3 hour 2 minute bike and 2.05 run so total time of 5 hours 59 yep. 13 seconds had one of the slower runs but I suppose he was in the front he probably just held off didn't he exactly he's just doing what Sadler mm-hmm. probably just needed to do what do what, do what he needed to do to win the race so is this a shift in our sport in what regards you know cyclists yeah um, it's, I think it's a good shift for now. I mean, it's. I think we don't want to go down the route where everybody's coming off the bike and it just becomes a running race like an ITU race. So yeah. it is a little bit of a shift, but there, there is only a limited number of people that can, that can right, do that. that. Yeah. And it's Chilborn and, uh, and uh, Stadler. And last year we obviously saw... Um, Ferris. Ferris El yeah. do it as well. So it's it's good to see. It just it makes the race a bit more interesting, a bit more dynamic. And it's nice as well because guys of different strengths can pull out different strategies, you know, on different days and, you yeah. know, and what works one day may not work the next day. It's, yeah, it's not kind of like ITU as such where you kind of, everyone's pretty much the same athlete nowadays, aren't they? And you can, you know, the, the runners have to gamble a bit whether they sit in the bunch or whether yeah. they do try to chase somebody down. So yeah. it's good stuff. And we had uh, Marino Van Honecker uh, in third place, 602. And uh, he finished around about sixth or seventh in Hawaii, so he's backing up as well. So yeah. lots. One of the things here, I mean, in all these races, a lot of people seem to be doing a lot more racing in the mm. last year or two. Um, and uh, oh, Jonas was there. And Jonas Colding was there yeah, in eighth place. Race, yeah. um, so some good guys there. Nathan Richmond, who's a young Kiwi guy, came in fifth. Uh, came in fifth. It was a very solid result. Patrick Verne was there. He's uh, been a top ten in Hawaii a couple of times. Herve Farve, I don't think that's the correct pronunciation. He was seventh. He's won um, 
Ironman races this year, and then we had Jonas in eighth. He's oh, Rod Kubicki pulled out. Yeah, Rod Kubicki pulled out. And uh, uh, Kieran Doe from New Zealand was actually leading on the bike, and uh, Cinderbell overtook him, mm. but then he pulled out for some reason or another. Mm. So, But actually, you know, really good field there. Um, Cyril Naveau, Gilles Rabul, uh, lots of really good athletes. So good to see. Um, so that was the guy's side of things. And on the chick side of things, we had old uh, Bella come in, Bella Comerford from the UK, actually took it out, which is kind of cool. Fantastic finish of the year for Bella. Yeah. She won Ironman Florida probably, uh, must have been, I don't know, maybe a month ago yep. or so. Yep. Um, so fantastic result for her. Um, so that's second name, mate. Niederfringer. Edith Niederfringer. Niederfringer. From Italia. Uh, so pretty pretty close race, and I think those two probably had a tussle at the European long course champs. I know um, Bella was racing a couple of Italians there yep. uh, and got taken down on that occasion, so she's uh, taking the prize this time. 59 minute swim. 3.45 on the bike and a 2 hour 10 uh, run. Total time is 6.55 and she won by about 2 minutes from uh, Edith Niederfringer. Yep, she and, pretty much uh, won on the bike, didn't she? Yeah, so good good solid day there and, and, and Bella's a good runner so she hung on there. Yep. And then third place we had uh, Joanna Dumas. Dumas. From France. Dumas. <laughs> and uh, so pretty close racing there, 6.55, 6.57 and 7 hours. Mm. Um, and a slightly smaller field, but uh, I was a bit surprised we didn't see some more Aussies there. Um, some some good Aussie athletes there, so uh, that yeah, was a little no bit one, of a no surprise. Did um, a couple of Kiwi girls here as well? Not that I know Kiwi any of them. Girls. Fleur Bromley, she won the uh, Ashburton Half Ironman last year, which is a oh, race which we're going to talk about in a moment. Back uh, it up. So finished in 16th place. Yep. So there you go. What's the prize money like there, do you know? Uh, it's pretty reasonable, but a, a big reason why a lot of these guys are probably doing the race is because uh, it is a world championships and it's recognised more by the ITU. by your national yeah ITU and by your national body. So some people's funding uh, for the long course athletes may be linked to how well they do in that race. Oh. So I know for, say, Bella and Stephen, that's probably one of the reasons they do go there because it is looked on favourably by the the. British Triathlon Organisation because it's, it's a right association thing. Oh, there you go. So over the last few shows we've been talking about the Deca Man that's been happening and where has it been happening? Mexico. 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 And it's actually finished now and um, we'll have the link to uh, the results on the website www.imantalk.com and uh, awesome. Absolutely yeah. awesome. If anybody knows anybody who did this race oh, we'd, we'd love, to, we'd love to, to, in, to interview them or, or get their race report or something like that. Because these guys are freaks. <laughs> so so basically, of the people who started, um, 19 started and only 9 actually completed 10 days of 10 Ironmen, which is awesome effort. The amazing thing is there's a chick called Suzanne, that's her last name, Bees and Hertz, and uh, she completed it. She got 5th overall. 5th overall. Wow, pretty phenomenal. Only female to finish. Only female to finish. And then there's a guy, Vincenzo. <laughs> Senzo Catalon Catalano from Italia. Now he was the one who impressed me the most because basically from the third day onwards, every day he was finishing around twenty two to twenty three hours. And so basically we've got like half an hour sleep. Well in the last couple of days on, on He would just keep going. Day se- day six he went twenty three eleven. Day seven he went twenty three twenty one. Wow. Day eight, twenty three thirty five, we all got twenty five minutes sleep there. Yeah. <laughs> Next day twenty three minutes forty nine. He so would have minutes. had a time for a shower and then jump back in the pool. Yeah. And then the last day to twenty three hours forty five So realistically he probably went the last five days without sleep. Yeah. Incredible. That, that is incredible, isn't it? That's incredible. That's incredible. What have you to that program? John, was it John Davidson and Kathy yeah. Lee oh. Turner or something? Highlight of my life. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, it's absolutely phenomenal. But the Pascal Jolly took it out and uh, pretty consistent racing, really. Started in around 11 hours and over the few, few days kind of made it up, maintained around 12 hours up until day seven. The last couple of days was a little bit slower, but pretty awesome effort, eh? Mm. But um, the guy who came second... Hilda Berto Villa from Mexico started coming back at him a little bit on uh, day day seven and eight and through there, and he yeah. ended up finishing um, just two hours behind, yeah, an hour and a half, hour and a half behind. So relatively close when you put it in the context mm, of things. Mm, when you could do 125 hours of racing. So let's give all these people. Pascal Jolly finished. Hilda Bello Villa <laughs> finished. Beat oh, some great names here. Beat oh. uh, Nick Nicky from Switzerland. Alan Dupuis from France. Suzanne. Beeson Hertz from Germany. I'm giving this these is a great one. Marcel, Nico, Andreas, Hennig from I'd Germany. I'd love to have five names, eh? That'd be cool. Hanway Kua from Singapore. That'd be an interesting place to train for uh, that sort of a race. Yeah. Tamas Zolt from Hungary. Vincino Cataloni from Italy. Yeah, those and are the those were the ones that finished 10 Ironmans in 10 days. So, it's, well, sensational effort. 
It's always good. It's always humbling when you think you're doing awesome yourself and then you read something like that. <laughs> um, okay, then we also had Silverman. Silverman. Uh, this was quite comical. Yep. Um, this was a race where they had the $100,000 US on the line for uh, <clears throat> the first team uh, that was able to break eight, eight hours. hours. Yep. Um, and I, I woke up on, uh, on Monday morning. I was sort of working away and I thought, oh, Silverman's on today. I'll check it out. And they had some live coverage on... Uh, slow twitch and so I, was, I jumped on there and uh and the bike ride was sort of about two-thirds of the way through and uh and tyler hamilton was sitting there hammering away and he'd uh, built up a pretty big lead unfortunately the big um showdown we were hoping to sort of see between tyler hamilton and bjorn anderson so what happened there I, I bjorn know. bjorn broke an aero bar or something like that so he was kind of on the back foot and basically was riding along with one aero bar and, uh, uh. and couldn't really change his gears so didn't really happen. I mean, realistically, Tyler Hamilton probably would have dealt, him. dealt to him yep. anyway, but it would have been nice to see how close Bjorn could have got to him. Um, and the first, so they're coming off the bike, and uh, the first incident happened. So, Tyler so, Hamilton rode over the dismount line. Yep. And so that's an automatic penalty uh, when you, when you for your runner, and they didn't enforce the, the the penalty straight away, and all the other teams started protesting and yeah. going on about it. Uh, and so they ended up giving Tyler Hamilton's runner uh, a penalty out on the road. Yeah, during the run. So he had to stop he during the run. like a two-thirds of, or halfway into the run or whatever. Yeah. And he had to stand there. I can't remember if it was two minutes or four minutes. It was, a four, minute. it was four, four minutes. It was four minutes, yeah. So, Because um, Hamilton came to ride. So he did 4.33 and the second guy did basically 4.50. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, well, maybe we should back it up a little bit. And uh, so the swimmers, there was, uh, there was basically four four teams that were going for it, which was a bit of a surprise, I thought. Yeah. Um, that were, there was only four teams that had really backed up. And, yeah. Uh, well, we'll talk about it later on, but the 100 grand was, was there to be won. Mm. Um, and what also made me laugh was uh, Tyler Hamilton's team was sponsored by athleteslawyer.com <laughs> I found that pretty entertaining <laughs> but uh, yeah the, the guys came out of the swim uh, two guys came out pretty much together yep. uh, in 44 54 and 44 49 which is fast but not ultra fast eh? yeah that, that's pretty fast I mean those are quality swimmers yeah. so so that's fast okay. uh, I, I think it would have been a pretty accurate swim and other swims in the past I think at Ironman races have been a bit short Okay. Uh, Jonas Colting decided to swim off course and he ended up doing 43 minutes <laughs> 53 minutes oh really he swam completely off course so is that Bjorn's team was it yeah, it was, yeah. so they were on the back foot from the start and then uh, yeah like we said Tyler Hamilton uh, took off and uh, and came the bike in 4 hours 33 um, so that's a pretty fast ride, and he did a fantastic negative split. He went out a lot slower than what he came back in, so he really lifted it. In the and it was a half. tough ride too, wasn't it? Like you've got the individual ride. winner, the guy did like eleven hours. So mm. yeah, so uh, so that was pretty interesting. And then, like we said, he came off the bike, went over the dismount line, and uh, and they had a fantastic runner um, ready to go out in a run. And they basically needed to only run a two-hour forty marathon to get the money. Yeah. Which uh, yeah, sure, it was a really hard course, but this guy could run a sixty-nine minute half marathon. Yeah, and did like a two thirteen or something. Yeah. Marathon, so it was an easy run for him. So it was just all there, and uh, oh, shit, I could have done two forty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you put a, t- a top triathlete in there, someone like Cameron Brown, um, yep. they would have probably run it. Um, yep. Yep. And this is where the comedy started. This guy, I think he was a, a Kenyan, he just took off. Yep. And he was just nailing it. And then <laughs> putting these splits up going, what is this guy doing? <laughs> and he's just going through And he got to halfway in like 69 minutes. Yep. And so he had to come back in, in an hour and a half. Yep. And I don't care how hard it is. Yep. Most decent yeah. runners could run an hour and a half. And he's coming back and then all of a sudden just bang. Blows up. He blows to pieces. Now, I haven't seen whether... Some people thought he may have rolled an ankle or something like that, but it sounded like he just blew to smithereens. And he ended up doing a 257. So, <laughs> so do you think maybe he just felt the pressure that everyone else had gone so fast that he felt he had to deliver a fast time and didn't think wise? Who knows what he was thinking, but he clearly wasn't thinking very well, and they didn't obviously have a spotter with him or something like yeah. that. But if he was on my team... I would basically be saying, "What are you doing, you idiot?" But even the other side team, the other team that ended up winning, you know, the guy only did a two forty. You think that I don't know, well, I, don't, I don't know who the runner was, but you think that they would have been able to pull off faster than the two forty if they got yeah. a top runner. It was, I mean, it was it was a tough race, but like you said, you know, two forty. Um, it's that, a good marathon, but for a good runner, yeah, but you're like a top runner. So basically, Tyler Hamilton and the AthletesLawyer.com's team blew it. <laughs> Blew it. Um, they would have should have should have comfortably come in under uh, under eight hours, and they each would have got thirty three thousand US or however they decided to split it up. 
so so very foolish. And I was also reading on um, Slow Twitch uh, that they may increase next year to two hundred thousand. Wow. Um, so so that'll be interesting. I'm sure it's got to break next year. I mean, uh, if they got a if Tyler Hamlin came back and had a runner with um, a bit of nous, yeah, <laughs> bit of kind of wisdom. Um, they had um, they, he had a report on X-Try, and uh, on X-Try he was saying that it was the hardest thing he'd ever done. Really? Yeah, yeah. He, he was pretty much saying that just the length of the you know and the pressure on that whole time was just really really hard. Yeah. But it was also really encouraging for him because you know just to get back on the bike it felt really good. So. Yeah. So, so in, in the end, we had uh, Team Inside Out Sports taking it in 8.17. Their, their runner actually passed Tyler Hamilton's runner just in the last few metres, and uh, and they were basically 30 seconds ahead of www.athletes.lawyer.com with Tyler so Hamilton. So if you ever need an athletes lawyer, yeah. place to go. <laughs> and then uh, they had the Team Sweden um, RNA slash Fit Multisports. So is that Bjorn? Uh, yeah, that was Bjorn. Bjorn, Bjorn did the, run, uh, the bike, and then they had a, a, oh, okay. a triathlete sort of doing the run. Uh, and they did 8.37, and then Team Power Cranks did uh, 8.55. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really surprised they didn't get more teams. Um, good money on the line there. Yeah. Um, and the individuals, should we just have a quick look at the uh, individuals? We'll give them a bit of a... Uh, yep, so we're thinking this guy here won it? Yep, that looks Jason like Barretts. it. Jason Barretts. Jason uh, Barretts won it in 11 hours and 1 minute. Um, so 1 hour 14 swim, so it looked like a long swim. Yeah. Either they're not good swimmers or it's a long swim, which makes that 44 minutes uh, seem pretty respectable. Yeah, definitely. Um, 5 hours 45 on the bike and 3.53 on the run. So. And he was significantly faster than most people on the bike. Yeah, so, so a lot of people, yeah, he's the only one that went under 6 hours. So when you think Hamilton did 4.5. Yeah, so pretty phenomenal. Mm. Uh, I don't really know what the, the deal was. I don't think they really had a, any money up for individuals. Um, it was just more of a sort of an age group type of thing yeah um so well done and then on the, uh, the female Blatman. yeah female winner was beatrix blackman from edwards she did pretty well 42 minutes behind the top guy yeah it's very good yeah um really? yeah, right yeah. up there yeah um yeah anyway anyway <laughs> just well done to you guys <laughs> yeah, so there we go so the silver man and lastly what was else we have where am I? i'm trying to find my little page uh, that was pretty much it. That was pretty much it for the racing. Uh, so coming up this weekend, we've got Ultraman. Ultraman. You own Ultraman. Hawaii. So we had Silverman, now we've got Ultraman. Ultraman. We've had the Canadian Man, we've had everything. And we've got the Man Man. <laughs> so, Ultraman. Tell us about Ultraman, Devin. Well, That's Ultraman is basically, you're looking at around 320 miles over... It's done uh, over a couple of days. It up. Back it up. Back it up. The Ultraman World Championships are an athletic odyssey of oh, personal oh, really rediscovery. As such, they are the next step in the endurance challenge of being human. Wow. Covering a total distance of 320 miles. Really? 515 kilometers on the big island of Hawaii. Wow. They require each participant to com- complete a 6.2 mile slash 10k open water swim. Wow. 261.4 mile cross country bike ride Whoa. with 421 k's wow. and a 52.4 mile 84 kilometer ultra marathon run there you go so that's pretty impressive this year so, will, so it's run over a few days isn't it it's run over three days I think so I think you basically do well I could be wrong there actually um, but you basically as different to the Decker man we've been talking about you're basically doing things more sort of back to back. So you do the whole swim, the whole yeah. bike, the whole run. Yeah. Now Gordo won this a few years ago, didn't he? Gordo, I think 2003, maybe. I think Gordo won it. Yeah. Um, and I think he went back either the, the year after or the year before. And one of the things he had issues there was with um, he got stung by a. Uh, oh really? A, like a jellyfish. Oh really? He was stung by a jellyfish in the swim, and he basically just about exploded. And he had to get taken to hospital, and uh, wow. he was in all sorts of bother. So I wonder what kind of time they do it in. So stage one, they do a 6.2 mile 10k swim from uh, Kailua Bay to Kehoe Bay. Oh, that's quite cool. So they must swim uh, all the way along wow. the front there. Yeah. Um, and then they jump. Oh, so we were slightly wrong. And then they jump on the bike and they do a 145 kilometer bike from Kehoe um, around the southern tip of the island and finish at Namakino Pio Park and uh, the Volcanoes National Park. Uh, total climbing of 6,000 feet. And then the next day they back up and they do another 276k on the ride from Volcanoes to Kio uh, and then back through to Kalapana. Um, all these places are, we, we don't know. No. <laughs> um, and so they do that on day two. And then on day three they do their double marathon. That's a pretty tough way to back it up. Yeah, it is pretty tough. And they've basically got uh, 12 hours to complete each stage. So, yeah, yeah, it's a great event. Um, obviously, it's a pretty hot event, you know, being in Hawaii. Um, they don't actually get that many people uh, 
racing each year. Um, I think there was only about 30. I had a quick look at the start list, sort of maybe 30 or 40 doing it. Um, but pretty prestigious thing to say you've gone and done the Ultraman. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, so good luck to anybody who's heading over there. They also have support crews. Um, so if you've got any any you guys of support crews out there, give you guys heaps. Yep, give them some love. Okay, so there's also a big race on this weekend. The Pearl Azumi South Island Half Ironman. South Island Half Ironman. And John Bow and Bevan are doing the race. Mm. It's a big weekend for the boys. I'm not sure who else is going to rock up. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, uh, hopefully nobody's going to come in and yeah. spoil the party. Yeah, hopefully. So it's it's basically half Ironman. It's in a place called Ashburton, which is about an hour out of Christchurch, where John and I live. Um, I don't actually know much about the course. It's a pancake. Pancake. It's so it's going to be fast. We have a so our, it's a, it's a lake swim. Lake swim. A bit of a bit of a dirty lake. Yep. And then uh, we do a 90k bike, which is three laps of 30k. Yep. Pancake flat. Uh, potentially very very windy oh really <laughs> yep and uh, and then the run is three laps of 7k uh, just sort of alongside the lake again pancake flat uh, so pretty pretty uh, pretty boring race to be to be perfectly frank yep good spectator race um, it is good spectator race you go past transition about uh, 12 times yep so that's uh, pretty cool for the spectators yep so it'll be the big showdown coach versus athlete yeah it'll be kind of cool really I've been a little bit nervous because uh I, uh, I've had a couple of bad weeks of training before I went to Taipei. I had like a bad week where I did nothing, and then, and then I went to Taipei and I was going to retire. But then yesterday I went for a run. And I thought, you know, this is what we do it for. You know, you, you train your life away just to have. You know, so I'm really looking forward to the race now. Sandbagging already. I haven't... <laughs> no, no, no. Because I was, I was kind of finding all these excuses. You know, I'm tired after Taipei, and, and then yesterday I just went for a run. I was feeling really good, and I thought, you know, this, you know, this is what we do it for these days, where we yeah. actually have to challenge ourselves. And so I'm really excited about the race now. And, you know, go out there and give it my best, and yeah, it should Before, be cool. Unfortunately, there won't be any live coverage. You're just gonna no. have to wait till next uh, Tuesday, or Wednesday. Well, maybe we put something on the blog. Maybe we will put something. Uh, on the we'll blog. Put, put something well, on the, the, blog. the the event website, the probably be is www.cisport.co.nz, yep. and uh, the results will probably be up there, sort of Monday or Tuesday, something like that. The thing for me is, I've only ever done one half Ironman, and that was like three years ago like it was a long time ago so for me experience wise it's going to be a really cool experience I haven't, I haven't actually done a great deal myself I've probably only done about four or five halves yeah. so uh, we'll see how it goes yeah so we're looking forward to that other news just quickly um, Mark Mark Herrimans has retired so. so Mark Herrimans was the guy who had the crash wasn't he he is um, I actually met him a, a number of years ago in, in Belgium really nice guy and this was before his accident um, so for those of you who don't know Mark uh, finished in the top 10 in Hawaii in got 2001 yeah. uh, and then basically got knocked off his bike in Lanzarote and uh, was basically destined for wheelchair for the rest yeah, of his life paralyzed. and uh, then went off to Hawaii and, and came back and Got second a couple of times in the the wheelchair race, and yep. then uh, this year he won it, and that was his goal. Uh, everyone, you know, basically since he started triathlon was to win Hawaii, so yep. he won it in the wheelchair division, and so he's retired on top, which is great to see. Uh, you know, I think it's um, it's a very very tough thing to do, you know, to finish on top, but I think it's a great way to go out. And I have so much respect for those guys because to do it with your arms all day, mm. you know, like yeah, yeah it's tough. pretty small muscle groups happening there. <laughs> you know, you're, and they must fatigue pretty quickly and those guys are just unbelievable here's a really nice race report on X-Try which we'll have on our um, website a link to it just you know just kind of an honest kind of guy and mm. you know he's quite humble in his experience and uh, yeah really good report and he also runs the uh, 70.3 race in Innsworth in, uh, Innsworth in uh, Belgium so get cracking into that I'm sure he puts on a good event and uh, yeah well done to Mark on winning and, yeah. uh, and happy retirement I'm sure he's listening well, I'm sure he is. It'd be obvious. Um, and also, just lastly, quickly, for the New Zealand people, or maybe anyone from overseas, is that Challenge Queenstown has moved to Wanaka. Yeah, so... So what's all that about? It's going to be a better course. Um, the, the whole difficulty with holding the race in Queenstown was it was always going to be very, very scenic, but it's a very, very touristy area and very hard to close things down. Yep. Um, and one of the big problems was going to be the swim was going to be very, very cold, uh, like probably about around about 12 degrees, 12 that's to 13 cold. degrees, yep. and that's pretty cold. Um, and so they've decided to move the race to Wanaka. They've got a lot of support from the, the council there in Wanaka. Swim's going to be fine. It's just going to be a nice lake swim, and Wanaka is just as picturesque as uh, Queenstown, a lot yep. less touristy, and I think it's going to be a good move because... Wanaka is more of a community, and I think that's what you need for an, a sort of an Ironman type event to grow yep. is to have the community behind it, 
whereas Queenstown is really just a business business town. Uh, Nobody actually really lives there. It's just sort of transient people, um, sort of just holiday workers and And stuff. And people won't really support the race unless, you know, it's not like people are going to have a day out, whereas in Wanaka, you know, the community will get behind it. Exactly. Yeah. So I think it's a good move. It's still going to be um, a really picturesque race. Downfall of it is that the race isn't as hard. The ride is about, yeah. yeah. That's one of the things I was looking forward to in the Queenstown race is that it was very, very hard course and but I think that only really caters to a very small part of the market yep. uh, and so I think in Wanaka the event will grow a lot bigger yep. um, the course isn't you know particularly challenging a uh, nice swim reasonably flattish bike ride uh, and the run's just going to be a little bit undulating yep I'm, I'm looking forward it. to it you're doing it good I'm doing it doing it I'm doing it too there you go. We yeah. just decided right then. We're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Although I probably won't complete it. I'm thinking of maybe pull out in the run. S- swim bike. There's a lot of people looking to do a swim bike from yeah. the APIC camp. Yeah. <clears throat> so, anyway, that's uh, the news for this week. So, we had a hot topic on the website um, blah, 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 this week. And, uh, we didn't, well, it's been over two weeks. We didn't get a huge amount of responses from it. We've got some quality responses. Quality, though. but that's what we want. It's not about quantity, it's about quality. Mm. Quality. i got some mates who are POMs, and that's how they say quality. 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 Quality, mate. Quality. Yeah. So, Love uh, it. The question was, how can pros um, have more of a say and and how can they, because at the moment, basically, WTC have got all the power um, yep. and, and pros basically have to turn up or they can't earn any money. So you... Oh, basically, basically everyone's just, like, for example, Matt's saying, you know, they need to work together in, in a union and I suppose we've got... Um, Pro, what's it called? Uh, uh, Triathlete Professionals dot yeah. um, and that's what they're trying to do. Um, and yeah, so he's saying it's underway, but needs more buy-in from all the athletes. Okay, so first on the rack we had uh, Stuart, and uh, and he really suggested that a lot of people is to is to get a basically a manager, which I think is a great idea. Um, you know, if you, if you're going to try to attract sponsors and get some some sort of a good deal if, if you're not really a sort of salesy type person and know yeah. your value you're not really going to often get a get a great deal so I think that's a fantastic idea um, is to get somebody to go out there and push your name and really talk you up and, and sell you a lot of people aren't really good at talking themselves up so uh, and have the time but the, the downfall of this I think is, is there's not a lot of money anyway so yeah. I suppose it doesn't manage your work on what they bring you when they get a exactly off, yeah. so it's, it's yeah. up to them to, to get it um, yep Okay, uh, and then I actually did Matt before, so we, we paused for a second there. And so, oh, okay. anyway, so you can go to Trevor. Trevor, um, basically, he was sort of saying they've got to make themselves necessary to race organisers at the moment. Um, that he's exactly right; they're not really a necessity because the races are selling out, uh, and the the pros is a bit of a boring race. And I, and I kind of agree, except for Hawaii. I mean, maybe uh, when you look at Roth and. Uh, and say so Ironman Germany, there was a bit of excitement there because it is a bit closer. But a lot of Ironman races are sort of one or two horse races. So yeah. um, we've talked about this a lot before. But if there was sort of a, a Grand Prix with three or four really good races, then I think the pro field would be um, be a lot more interesting. Fegan was saying pretty much that Wallace Kona is the number one racer out there that the WTC is going to basically hold the cards, which is true. And he's basically saying that um, if they can make more events bigger. And uh, through media and through you know choosing events that aren't so controlled by the WTC, um, then that way they become more powerful. And then, you know, kind of doing those. What I'm kind of hoping is something like uh, what is happening is Roth uh, is probably the one big race outside of the WTC which does hold quite a bit of prestige and does have good money. Um, I'm really hoping that there's going to be like a a separate series that's set up to sort of battle WTC. Yeah. And I think if that happens, then the athletes are going to get some more control because that's exactly what happened with short course racing. Um, Some races started popping up that were conflicting with um, the ITU World Cup. What the ITU had to do, they had to lift their game and they had to lift the prize money. And when that happened, then the athletes got a bit more power. Competition so, is a good thing, isn't it? Exactly. So yeah. if we can get some more non-Ironman races, and if the athletes can support those races, um, I think then that's going to go a long way. And unless that happens, I think the athletes are pretty much screwed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and things are just going to stay as they are. And I think there's, that, no, that, there's no motivation for, for the WCC, really, to lift the prize money. I think the thing with a union, union's really good, but I don't think they're going to get have the power for the athletes to strike. No. You know, like I think at the end of the day, while the union's good, I think unions are powerful when the union can say, look, we're not going to do races anymore for, for a year. Yeah. You know, and then, but what athlete's going to say no to that? Exactly. You know, what athlete's going to agree to that? And then, so they don't really have a lot of power. And, you know, no. until you, unless you could convince the athletes that it's better for the long term, but, you know, most athletes have a near career of maybe, what, five to ten years. And, yeah. you know, lose a year, Yeah. you know, for someone else's cause, because it's more for the long term, isn't it? So it's, 
Yeah, it's good. So, so I mean, at the moment, the the triathlon professionals organisation are really trying to just push it on on a number of things. You know, the doping and the drafting rule, and yeah. they're, ma- they're making a little bit of progress. And at least they're getting getting the views yep. of the athletes across and saying this is what the athletes want. Um, so at least the WTC are getting some uh, yeah, hearing some, what they want. Some, yeah, some feedback. They're not actually doing a lot about it at this no, they stage. They just need the power. Eh? Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's interesting. But unfortunately, Olaf is uh, is not so well at the moment. So. Oh. That may stall for a little while. Yeah, um, he's a good man. But uh, then some dipstick. <laughs> In fact, I, I I was expecting this uh, last week, last show to be the last Iron Man talk show ever because I didn't think Bevan would have enough pride to come back in the room after. I was in Hong Kong the day, so on the blog. I had to I had to communicate with my partner. I'm in Hong Kong airport. They've got they've got computers there for free to use for the internet. So I was loving it, but they don't need you check your emails. So I was thinking, how can I get? Because my phone had broken, everything had gone to shit. So I thought, what I'll do is I'll go on the blog because when I when the blog uh, um someone puts something on the blog it emails my girlfriend's email account to tell her that they've received one so that was the reason I did it that's a shocker whatever the reason so, and I even said love you you've embarrassed yourself in uh, front of the whole no, Iron I Man fatigue. I reckon everyone looked and thought what a great man because he says he loves you in front of his crew you know, uh, do you say love you in front of Belinda uh, in front of the crew? I don't think so. Oh, see, that's disappointing, mate. <laughs> no, you know, no. and I reckon the comment of the week goes to Bevan James. No, no way, Jose. <laughs> so, so that that brought the whole tone of things down. Uh, no one replied after that, basically. And uh, we got we got one more reply down the bottom. Scan to the bottom. No, I think yeah. So Gump said, and he was sort of uh, saying we we talked about the Iron Man um, organization, and yeah, we've mentioned that a couple of times. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, for me, for me, until until all athletes are willing to strike, and even then, will, will the WTC even care? No, um, I think they would at Hawaii, but I think at the other races, I, I don't think it's going to affect them that that much at this stage. Mm. Um, but I think if they did have a bit of, I, I think if, if if they decided they really want to go for it and make these guys superstars, I think the whole sport's going to grow, and I think yeah, that's what inspires yeah. people. And I think if they can sort of get behind that and go. Right, we want to really publicise these events a bit more. Sure, they're selling out, but we, we always talk about there's there's not a lot of um, sort of press releases coming out in the weeks yeah. leading into the races saying who's racing. We've actually got to search quite hard to find who's racing. Mm, mm. Um, and I think yeah. if everybody got behind this, if the if the race organisers thought right, let's try to make more superstars out of this sport. If the athletes became a bit more professional and got managers and tried to promote themselves a bit more, yep. um, I think it would just create a bit of a snowball thing and. Uh, and we see it in New Zealand because triathlons are, is it's not re- it's, it's it's more of a mainstream sport now, and we do have the superstars, and it does bring you know, yeah. more and more kids into the into the sport. And the guys like Hamish and Bevan are making good money from the sport now too. You know exactly. they're getting wealthy from their time in the sport, which is which so, is great. Um, I think if everybody took a bit more of a like you said a long term view, um, yeah. I think everybody would come out a winner, mm. and uh, and athletes would get paid more money, and an Ironman would get better coverage. They could they obviously can't get more people in their races, but they could get bigger more sponsors. Pros. Yeah, um, and I think yeah it'd be a good move. Maybe so. charge more. Hey. Uh, so this week we've kind of thought it's coming up to that time of the year where the big, the big red fella comes around. Yeah. Santa's coming to town. Have you been a good boy or a good girl? And uh, so we thought, what are some good gifts? It's a bit of a lighthearted one this week. Mm-hmm. And what are some good gift ideas for the Iron Man athlete? And maybe some good uh, websites to go and buy these good ideas. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so we're going to share the love today uh, and share some ideas on present giving present giving so what would you want as an athlete and what you can do is when you've actually written on the blog just kind of give a hint to your partner this is a good blog to check out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it's an ergamo hey you love me bub it might be expensive but you know <laughs> it's what I need in my life right now <laughs> so anyway so yeah check out the website Christmas gifts for the Iron Man athlete and even if it's not even Iron Man focused just, even, just you know, put it up there <laughs> we want to hear your gift ideas anyway let's move on Grouper of the week. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we had the long course championships in Australia. Championships of the world. Of the world. You are the champion of the world. <laughs> so uh, we kind of thought we'd pick a Kiwi because we're, you know. Because we're Kiwis. So we're, <laughs> we're kind of biased on that front. And uh, in the female age group of 20 to 24, we had a girl called Natasha Lydiard. Yeah. And she took it out. Well, she didn't she took it out. She came in second in that age group in the time of 8.32.02. Uh, swam 1.11, rode 4.32, and ran 2.47. So, yeah, 
Fantastic. Yeah, Fantastic. Yeah, Fantastic. Yeah, Fantastic. 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 Um, so good little battle there. I do like these world world like championships for age groupers because it's kind of like a key event for them. Eh? It's really a special thing oh, in yeah. their life, and um, and they're often quite competitive. So yeah, it's the working working athletes. The working athletes, eh? Mm. The, the hard life. So Natasha Lydiard. Yeah, you are our age, age group. Really? I wonder if she's any relation to the legendary Arthur Lydiard. Yeah. Oh, who knows? For those of you who don't know who Arthur Lydiard is, he was basically one of the top run coaches of all time, and still has a Changed the thinking of running, didn't he? Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. And, and still has a big influence on the way sports is coached nowadays, and especially endurance sports. Mm, mm. Um, yeah, and if you ever get to read some of his stuff, it's really, really good. He died about, about a year ago. One, two years ago, yeah. Yeah, and he was a Kiwi, and uh, he coached Peter Snell, who was one of the best runners in his day, and coached a lot of top mm. New Zealand athletes and world athletes yeah. as well. So, yeah. Anyway, moving on. Running Running with Lydia is one of his best books. If you go into Amazon or something like that, you can get a copy of that. Um, and he was into high mileage, eh? High mileage. 100 mile a week, man. That's what for, he was For an 800 about. meter runner or something, eh? Mm. Yeah, just run, run, run. Yeah. Run, Forrest, run. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. One, two, three, four. High five. It's been away for a week, but the head's still shaking <laughs> side to side. I'm like Stevie Wonder, mate, I tell you. So anyway, we actually got, a, we got one sent through to us, didn't we? Or a question well, about a high question. five. So Joel sent us through an email um, suggesting a good topic for high five might be uh, what to do uh, just sort of to get over, get yourself organised in race week and, yep. and try to avoid the nerves. So the nerves. Decided to break this into part one of two. Part one of two? Uh, yes. You did the work on this week, didn't I did. So, so um, what I thought we'd do is um, what to do Monday, Monday through to Thursday. Oh, that's very good, mate. And uh, this is sort of assuming that you might be away somewhere, uh, you know, say you're in Hawaii or, or going away for an Ironman. And well, most people travel for a race, don't they? For, for, for a long course race, they would. Yeah. And, uh, and then next week what we'll do is will be what to do on Friday, so the actual day before the race. Okay, um, so you go one, I'll go two. So, so first one would be to write a checklist for all your equipment you need. So the main reason you want to do that is to reduce stress, and yep. uh, so you're not sitting there in race week going, "What the hell have I got? To, have I remember this or I remember that?" Yep. So you want to write firstly a checklist for uh, what to take on your whole trip, and then also when you uh, write a checklist for actually what you need on race day. Perhaps what you need to take down the day before race day. You know when you got to put your uh, your bags in if it's an Ironman race. Um, and what you're going to put in your special needs and things like that. So I love checklists. They're well, great. I'm not a checklist man, but uh, two things there. What John was saying was that make a checklist for what you need to take. I tend to rely on other people for that. So if I've got people coming with me, I would give them a lot of responsibility. But with my race stuff, I try mm. to... But I don't use checklists, but I've decided in my next race I am because I have a tendency to forget stuff mm. or not forget stuff but think I have and really stress about it. So exactly. I've decided Dave Remy's race report or race plan... I'm downloading it and I'm copying it. So if you, for those of you who don't know what that is, listen to some earlier episodes. He's got a great race plan, and within it's got a great checklist that you can copy and use for yourself. Um, take some work to do or stuff that doesn't have deadlines attached. So basically, what John's saying here is that have some things to do because there is a lot of downtime. Especially like for me, I go away a week before the race. I tend to get there on the Monday before the race, um, and I think I'm even going earlier this time. And uh, so take some things to do and some things that are going to take your mind off the sport and he's saying if you've got some work to do that's kind of cool or just anything that can kind of occupy the mind mm, exactly like what I, do you I, take I, I, I generally take a bit of work to do but like I said it's I don't really have things that have deadlines attached to it so yeah. I might take away a bit of a list of uh, say articles I might want to write up or yeah. just some business planning and things like that so uh, yeah, you're not sitting there stressing going I've got to have this done by, by the end of the week um, yeah. you don't want anything that's going to stress you out but just something to basically fill in time um, because you do sit around you know if, if it's your main race for the year um, you're probably only going to be doing you know um, sort of 30 to 45 minute workouts that week yeah um, so the, there's a lot of time to kill and yeah even like relaxing things like if you're like because often we don't get time to read it's a good time to catch up on a book and and those types of things so yeah definitely yeah and number three is sort of similar and again it's um, I'm a bit anal about uh, about writing lists you are a listener aren't you mate <laughs> so write up Jesus a list of things Christ. to keep yourself busy for that week so if you're going somewhere and if you if you know the area then you know go and uh, swim with the bloody turtles or something yeah, like yeah, that definitely. one day yep. if you're in Hawaii um, 
another day you know just just try to schedule in as many activities as you can um, with obviously out, without tiring yourself out um, you might want to write up that you got you want to do yoga you know every day for, for 30 minutes so again have a bit of a list of things you can do to keep yourself occupied you might want to have a book you want to get through um, but you do need to keep yourself occupied so you're not sitting there just worrying about the race and within that as well like often you go to places that are kind of cool like Taupo where New Zealand line man is a really nice place to actually get out and do some things so you know it's kind of a waste to be there for a whole week just to sit in your room all week so definitely clean your bike is number four um, I know myself I'm not the best person at cleaning my bike and it's a good mm-hmm. chance to actually get in and give your bike a good clean and make sure it's thoroughly cleaned mm-hmm. and uh, get it maybe checked again as well if you can do that as well mm. and the last one uh, spend some extra time stretching uh, so I mentioned that before Basically, I'd be scheduling in, if it was race week for me, doing probably uh, about 30 minutes of stretching every day on top of just your, your regular stretching after workouts. Again, it just pads out um, your day a bit more yep. uh, and, and just sort of limbers you up and loosens you up for, for, um, for race day. Yep. So that's five little tips for sort of Monday through to Thursday. And okay. Next week, we'll have some more sort of oh, specific things big day. on what to do the day before the big day. day before the big day. Mm. Rightio. Website of the week. Oh, Could have man. almost gone. This is the five o'clock news here with oh, Kevin James Isles and John Newsom. John Newsom, Coach John Newsom. <laughs> so uh, we, John, actually sent through this link, or did you get it through no, email from uh, someone? Somebody, somebody randomly sent me this uh, link. So tryzeet.de. T r i z e i t dot de, which stands for Germany. De. That's right. There you go. Deutschland. Deutschland. Mm. So it's basically a free online uh, magazine which mm. uh, for triathletes, which is kind of really cool because I think it's cool because it's a German perspective and they're quite dominant in our sport at the moment, aren't they? Mm. So, um, and you can download it as a PDF or a DNL file, which I really don't know what that is, but it's a cool, cool file because then it basically downloads it. Uh, <laughs> Bevan's uh, <laughs> Apple, Apple couldn't quite couldn't quite handle it, but my uh, my PC at home didn't have any problems whatsoever. And that's a cool version because you come along and, and the pages basically turn like it's a book. Yeah. Um, but I had a quick look through it um, yesterday, uh, and it's an English version and also German, so. Um, and they have some back issues there as well. Got plenty of back issues. So it's a good mag. It's a good. There's lots of pics in there. I thought it was quite cool. I was just scanning through, and they had this in this edition. It's um, really focused on Hawaii, Hawaii yep. and had interviews with uh, all the top five guys, top five girls, and it was really just a Hawaii focus. But lots of cool pics in there, and really good quality pics. So I quite enjoyed that. And it looks like when you're looking back through there, they probably focus on Roth in one of those races. Yep. Um, but it looks like a, another good good one. We, we, we talked about um, another one that yeah, was based out of Australia ages ago, an yeah. Ironman sort of specific one. Uh, very, very similar to that, you know, lots of glossy pics. And, um, just it's actually the way magazine world is moving is that they pretty much give away the magazine now and uh, you make your money for advertising because mm-hmm. obviously it's free so you can get more people to read it so you, you can charge more cost per head. Exactly. Um, so yeah, so yeah, so check it out. We'll have a link to that on the website on www.ironmantalk.com. Off we design to you German listeners. Oh, oh well, I learned some. I learned some type in. Oh, it's, I think they speak Chinese. <laughs> Chinese. Cantonese. Well, I don't know. No, 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 no. They speak. Um, well, I asked them. They said Chinese. I said, "What language do you speak?" And they go, "Chinese." But, but what is it? They go, "Chinese." And I was like, "Mandarin." No, they speak. Mandarin. I said, "Do you speak Mandarin?" They go, "No, Chinese." Okay. So, so what did you learn? I learned, I love you. Oh bloody hell! <laughs> why don't you Why don't you put that up on the blog? What I need. What I need. What I need. So there you go. All you listeners out there, when you go home to your partner at night and you tell them you yeah, love them, what say, I need. say what I need, and they'll think, oh, you're so special. <laughs> you can do this, Belinda, mate. I will do that. There you go. So there you go. That's, that's pretty special, there, John. <laughs> anyway, questions and answers. We just threw that one in at John. Do you know what, John? Why? <laughs> Whiny, you whiny, you whiny me. It's <laughs> <laughs> all about love, you know. Uh, right. Right, Let's carry on. Um, so, first one was from uh, from one of your little groupies. Mark. Uh, Mark came and did a, a training module with me for RPM, which is our cycling program within Liz Mills. And he had a few questions for us. Um, so he likes our podcast, which we, we're pretty happy about. Yep. We like up. it when you guys tell us that you like our yeah, podcast. Makes us feel good. Yeah, it doesn't. We, don't, we don't like the bad emails. We, we got a bad one this week, so yeah. But anyway, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> um, and as for actually back it up, you said some, some person wrote on the pod... Uh, the a bad one? No, no, on the... Um, oh, on the on iTunes. iTunes, yeah. said, I really like Bevan and James. Yeah. 
It's not cool. I'm I'm, I'm sad. It's John. Oh, I should okay, know. Sorry. I should yeah, know sorry. who I am. Yeah, that's right. John, who? What's the John? <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, back on back on task. Uh, so Mark wrote in and he signed up for Iron Man in 2007, which is really cool. So good for that. I seem to recall that maybe he's done it before, but maybe it was someone else in that module who's done it before. But anyway, back it up. And he um he was just sort of brought up a topic that I was quite interested in. Um, and he was just sort of wondering. He actually sent through the link for the Rick, Rick Hoyt um, Yeah, we've had a few people send it through. A number of people sent so we'll put it up on the show notes. So if you haven't heard of Rick, Rick Hoyt and uh, Dick Hoyt, yeah. um, have a read of this. It's pretty inspirational. Yeah, and it, if, if you haven't seen the Hawaii videos before, um, then you probably want to see what these guys, the guys are the, the two guys are very special men. Um, so They probably will hine each other. They do, <laughs> yeah. They probably do. But one of these things that... Um, he sort because of, he the way he came about this was he was sort of thinking about the Dave Scotts and the Mark Allens and the Pigs and Molinas, yeah. Um, and I, that got me thinking as well. And there used to actually be a thing called the Iron Man Hall of Fame. And I did a bit of a search on on the on the Iron Man site and actually did a Google search and couldn't actually find any reference to that. So I've actually written to Iron Man through the oh, Iron Man website and did I haven't get an interview. No, I haven't had a response oh. yet. Um, but no, I'm, if, if anybody out there does know if there's a website which basically covers the Iron Man Hall of Fame, we'd really like to go into that in a bit of detail because it's, it's obviously got those superstars, but it's also got some of the other sort of legends of the sport like John Collins and um, and some of the guys that really started the whole Iron Man phenomenon. So for me, I've only really been in the sport for the four or five years, so and I wasn't a big follower of triathlon before this time. Mm. So other than the you know the names that are always put forward like the Scotts Allens and Molinas and that. I don't really have a, an understanding of the history of the sport, mm. and it'd be really cool to have that. So, if anybody does know uh, anywhere where we can get some information on the, uh, the Iron Man Hall of Fame, um, please let us know, and I'd be keen to do a bit of a feature on that. Um, and we'll wait and see if. Well, what about you? Like, you know, when because you, you've been a big fan of the sport for a long time now, like. Oh, there's a huge, there's like, a huge. Who are some names that aren't so popular that kind of stand out to you? Um. Mike Pig. A lot of people probably wouldn't wouldn't know Mike Pig. No, he's a Kiwi, isn't he? No, no, he's not a Kiwi. Oh, he's an American. He? Um, he was one of the the great guys. Um, put you on the spot. Put me on the spot here. Yeah. Pressure. Can't pressure. handle the pressure. I'm going to crumble on Sunday if I can't handle oh, the pressure mate. now. Oh, I'm putting the pressure on. So, um, somebody like Jeff Devlin. He was a top top three athlete for a number of times in uh, Hawaii. Kenny Souza. He was a Jew athlete, but um, also a, a reasonable triathlete on his day. Yeah. Um, a lot of female athletes I mean when you talk about the female side of things you really only tend to hear about Paula Newby Fraser because yeah. she was dominant for so long a lot of people probably we're Kiwis we know about Erin Baker but well, I was she, actually out riding she rode with us for a while used to yeah she probably you probably wouldn't um, a lot of people wouldn't have heard of her um and there's a lot of other athletes. She was a phenomenal athlete. For example, Erin um, was doing an Ironman. I can't remember which one it was. She got second fastest time only behind Scott Molina, mm. including in the whole field, mm. in the run time. Like, wow. Yeah, no, she was she was, she was was an outstanding athlete. Um, there's lots of others, and I'll, I'll go on to them on another day. Okay, so I'll give you a bit more time to give do my piece. Give me more time to do my piece. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, so he's also got that link there to Rick and Dick Hoyt, so we'll check that out as well. Um, good luck with your training, Mark, and I'll probably see you up in Tampa. Okay, so then we had one from Keith, and he was basically asking, he wanted to know if there were a minimal amount of times for oh, yeah, someone. That's right. Yeah, so yeah, you, are you lost, are you? Yeah. Um, so he's asking, is there a minimal amount of weekly time or miles that you believe you need to put in to each discipline to be competitive, a top team age grouper, and a half Ironman? He realises this is a bit person specific, but he's just wondering if you have any ideas. It's a bit person specific and it's a bit race specific. You know, obviously, um, if you go to a hard half, oh man, it's going to be a lot yep. harder to get in the top ten. Yeah. What I generally say is, if you are serious um, and uh, and you want to do well, probably you know what you want to be looking at is trying to do four swims, four bikes, four runs um, as basically as your sort of your standard sort of week. Yep. Um, and that's when you're you know you're in your specific build up phase. I've talked about this a lot before. You know, yep. a lot of you guys. Um, He's from, uh, looks like California. Um, it's going to be going into winter, so you want to probably focus your winter efforts on, on your weakest discipline. Yep. Um, but over summer, four swims, four bikes, four runs, uh, one long swim, one long bike, one long run, um, you know, one sort of high in- intensity interval swim, one high intensity interval run, one high intensity interval bike, um, doing a decent brick session, you know, a swim bike run, making sure you're getting an open water swim every week, especially if you're in California, it shouldn't be too much of an issue. Yeah, it's nice, yeah. Um, but in generally, generally your swims, you know, want to be uh, four swims of an hour to an hour and a half, um, your bikes are going to vary in time a bit. For for half Ironman, um, you sort of probably want to be biking around about sort of four to five hours for your long bike. 
your other bikes are probably going to be sort of in the region of two hours and and run it run wise uh, for half Ironman you wouldn't need to run any longer than two hours so your long run would be around about two hours and your other runs would be you know in the region of sort of 50 to 75 minutes um, with one of those sessions being an interval session and one of them being a run off the bike um, so that uh, you know without <laughs> writing up a whole training program that's yeah. what you want to be pitching for four swims four bikes four runs that's trying to do that right in it, eh? yeah, yeah. Um, and, and the other key thing that you know I, I harp on about this a lot is what most self-coached athletes don't do is take um, the correct recovery. So you get into that routine of doing four swims, four bikes, four runs, and you just do it every week. Yeah. Um, it's really important, sort of every third or fourth week, that you do have a significantly easier week, and that's what's going to allow you to sort of take that that big step up. Uh, and the other thing is if you have um, want to be serious about it, is train with some people that are a little bit faster than you as well. Um, so don't don't just do all the training by yourself try to find some training groups that can push you along more important for you know olympic distance and half ironman that you do do some uh some sort of threshold training whereas if you're with the ironman side of things you know it's a lot yeah. more just about getting the volume done uh and and probably going a little bit easier rather than harder and the beauty of our sport is that you can always find people who are better because um obviously cyclists and runners and swim squads so it's definitely one of the advantages of being in a sport that's kind of average at all three <laughs> so <clears throat> moving on moving on we had one from uh gary fegan um one of the great supporters of the show. Oh, he's sensational, Gary. He's always on the. I think uh, he'd be a top blog. emailer now. He is. Yeah, yeah. Um, Gary, you're winning. So apparently, I miss I miss this one off my questions on yeah. hold. Yeah. Um, he was wondering about uh, doing some training in Lanzarote because he's from Scotland, and obviously over winter it's going to get uh, pretty chilly up there. Yep. Um, so I think this is going to depend on a couple of things. It kind of depends on which race you're you're sort of targeting. If you are looking uh, at doing an early season race, uh, then I definitely. No, no, no. He's asking about sweat training for Lanzarote. Yeah, but it's just basically going down there and training. Ah, uh, oh, hold on. Back it up. Read the question right, mate. Let's no, I'm pausing. Rewind. He wants me to pause. I'm not going to. Uh, Move on. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> I didn't quite read that. I was sort of thinking he was asking whether to go down to Lanzarote to yeah, do some no, training. Yeah, no, he's wanting to do sweat training because he's in a cold place. Right, definitely. Um, because Lanzarote for you is going to be a, a, an early season race, it's going to be, I think it's in um, May, possibly. Yeah, so you're going to basically be training through winter in Scotland. Um, so definitely I would encourage that I'd encourage you to be doing some uh, okay some so sweat training what's the protocol uh, there's a number of different protocols I was just about to start on that nice <laughs> I was trying to lead you into it <laughs> what I'd suggest you do is probably do some uh, wind trainers on the side of the pool what you'll often find when you are on the side of if you can set your bike up on poolside it's relatively humid there um, so you could try that another one a lot of people try is uh, if you actually want to set your wind trainer up in your bathroom uh, and actually get a hot bath going there you can really get the humidity up um, so those are a couple of things for uh, from the bike. Saunas, yeah. I mean, this is a dry heat too, isn't it? Yeah, some people like saunas. It's not going to do you any harm. Um, yeah. and it's so a little bit too hot. Yeah, yeah, but it's not going to do you any harm uh, to, do, to possibly do some saunas. Uh, you just got to make sure you do do uh, get yourself nicely hydrated. Yeah. Um, so doing some indoor sessions on the bike, you're going to have to be doing that anyway, and and overdressing a little bit. Um, for the running side of things. Uh, really overdressing when you're going outside um, you're probably going to have to anyway given how cold it's going to be in Scotland yeah. and also probably doing some, some treadmill sessions so getting on a treadmill you look like a right dick um, but putting on a you know polyprope hat putting on some gloves yeah. and really getting your core body temperature up and really getting your sweat up again you've got to focus on uh, making sure you do stay hydrated and that's going to become more important as you're coming into those sort of that last month before the race is it'll still be relatively cold in Scotland but you've got to really focus on, on getting your hydration um, going and it's going to mean you're going to need to stop for quite a few pee breaks um, but you do need to focus on that so so it's a bit of indoor training for you uh, Mr Fegan. It's probably a good idea as well to actually do some um, fluid tests, well, not yep. tests for example so you jump on the scales before you do your run or your ride um, you measure your weight and then depending on if you, you probably won't eat a lot so then after the ride measure yourself again and see how much weight you've lost and if you lose too much then you obviously lost too much water and yep. it's really important that you're replacing especially with the heat when you're trying to do sweat training that you're replacing the fluids throughout so mm. yeah it's just a good idea a couple of times just to make sure you're not going too extreme in the things you're doing yeah yeah so doing those yeah uh, it's probably not so important for now but once once you get into the new year um definitely doing some 
wind trainer sessions with a bit of heat in there, getting the heater going uh, and getting a really good sweat going. So. And also protect your bike. Um, put something over the cover of your handlebars. Oh, yeah. yeah, because you basically it just rusts your bike really quickly with your sweat just dripping yeah. out the whole time. So you tend to put something over your handlebars and over your, your bars of the... You could, have, you could have almost turned that into a high five. We could have done five ways to back it up. Maybe we will one day. Maybe we will. We'll go, yeah, we will. I know when I came, I used to live in Hong Kong for quite a while, and you just sweat so much over there. Your bike just rusts really? so quickly. How do you say I love you in Hong Kong? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. It's disappointing. It is disappointing. I didn't. I didn't do any loving over there. <laughs> oh, there you I go. Did, You're I an actually, athlete. I do actually, but hey. <laughs> but hey, we got one more. One more that I uh, copied on late here from Chance. That's a cool name, eh? It's interesting, eh? Mm. Yeah. Uh, he liked our descending and uh, climbing techniques. Yep. Um, he talked about an experience he had when he was doing Wisconsin about a French guy who's going downhill and rode over a possum. Yeah. And managed to survive this, you know, the experience. Buckled so. his wheel a little bit, but he managed to hang which in there. Which was a zip wheel, which would have hurt. And, uh, but, he, but he hung in there. And he just sort of uh, added something on there that he uh, did quite a bit of mountain biking last year. Um, but we were sort of recommending a compu trainer over mountain biking. And he brought up a good point saying... Um, yeah, if you do go out and do a bit of mountain biking, it's good, it's good for your bike skills, and that's sort of what he was alluding to. So I totally agree with him there. Um, I definitely encourage people to do a bit of mountain biking for a bit of variety and uh, and for working on your skills, um, not necessarily if you're trying to work on your sort of your fitness side of things, but definitely good for variety. And, Why is it good for your skills? Because it's different skills, isn't it? Yeah, well, if you go if you're going off road um, and you know you're going on a on a track, it's going to work on your balancing and sort yep. of recovery things like that. Um, rather than just always going in a straight line, so that's going to help you if you're in a bunch, uh, you know, if you are in a bunch situation, um, and it's just going to improve your overall skills. We got one more here, have we? Oh no, it's just someone wants to meet us. Oh, mate, people want to meet us, but we're not in Phuket. Oh, it doesn't matter. Anyway, oh, well, we'll talk about that one later. There's Ben. He's a tri coach too. So there you go. Um, <laughs> Anyway, um, so cool. There's questions and answers. Look at that, mate. I told you we didn't need Coach's Corner. We've, we've clipped over the one-hour mark. Wow, yeah. It's a pretty exciting week next week, mate, because we've got a pretty awesome coach coming on. Oh, yeah, we've got John Howland's coming on a coach's week. coach, you could almost say. Mm, so we're going to be reviewing his... Uh, he's brought out a, just a small book on triathlon coach. coaching. Yeah. Uh, very, very specific to triathlon coaching. So we're going to talk about that. And we'll now, also for those of you who don't know much about John Howland's... He's uh, coached a n- number of world uh, champion athletes, um, people like Aaron Baker, uh, Olympians like Ben Bright, Craig Watson, um, Andrew Hewitt, who's a world under-23 champion. Yeah, he's doing uh, Chris Gemmell at the Chris moment. Chris Gemmell, he's coached for a long, long time, and he's also helped out a lot of the New Zealanders that have uh, are at the top at the moment. He was coaching Bevan Doherty in his sort of early years. Yep. Um, he was my coach for a long, long well, time. Well, that says it all, doesn't it? It does say it all. Uh, he's helped out Gordo quite a bit. Uh, he actually coached me for a little bit. Yeah, a little yeah, bit. Just uh, a little bit. So he's, he's helped out a huge number of people in New Zealand. He's also a doctor, um, and he's really been a pioneer of coaching because when he started, he basically coached Darren Bacon. He was just an athlete and didn't know anything about sort of coaching. Yep. And he just he's, he's always been experimenting, trying new things, so he's quite an innovator. A forward thinker. And, uh, yeah, very uh, good guy. And uh, so we're going to be talking to him about triathlon coaching next week. And... Uh, yeah, be good. So do we want to get questions from? We'll, 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 we'll Chuck some through, see if we can sneak some in. Okay. If you've got any specific <laughs> questions. You can say no. I was about to say no. <laughs> but uh, if you do have any specific questions for John Helms, if you happen to know him and, and got anything specific for him. He also did the length of New Zealand race, so he's done yeah, some multi well, sport as well. Which was a race that went over 30 days, and they just did phenomenal things every day, didn't they? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, and also as an athlete, he's um, probably won his age group at World Champs around about seven times or so yeah. uh, whenever he basically goes he rocks up he wins pretty comfortably yeah. he's also finished in the top 10 at the world champs uh, I think probably around about sort of in the early 90s yeah. and when he was 40 he still managed to finish in the top 20 in the elite world champs in Manchester wow. so, uh, so he was a athlete. very very good athlete he, so he'll be on next week nice that's very cool um, anything else we'll be we'll be hobbling around yeah big week this week we're a big race and we're looking forward to it so it's going to be an interesting race because John's a lot better swimmer than I am and so I'm going to be safe to try to chase John down assuming that we're going to dominate the race. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. Maybe some other people will There'll, be, there'll be a few others sort of rocking around. Yeah, so it'll be, it'll be interesting different strategies. Eh? So you'll be basically going out and holding on. Who knows what I'm going to oh, be Oh, he's going to pull the old sneaky cards out, eh? <laughs> well, I have to chase because I'm going to be behind this woman and then I'm basically going to have to chase on the bike and the run and see what I can do. But I'm really looking forward to the weekend. I'm looking forward to just getting out there and having a race and... Uh, it's going to be a good challenge. Mm, mm. Hopefully it's a nice nice day. You got much else on for the rest of the week? No, not really. No, just yeah. getting on top of things. I'm doing a bit of a taper. It's about time I had an easier week, so uh, a little bit of a taper leading into the race yeah. and uh, 
get some work done, and then uh, rock up on Saturday. Nice. It's kind of my year kind of quietens down from here on in, which is really nice. So I can focus on training a bit more and you know mm. become the athlete because it's about seven, what, 15 weeks out from my race from New Zealand. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it all starts here and it pretty much goes crazy for the next three months of my life. And uh, so our sponsor for the show was Coffees of Hawaii at coffeesofhawaii.com. And... Uh, Tell us a little bit about about a blend. Well, I've got this. We were on there and we've uh, tried this one, and it is rather tasty. Beautiful. It's a macadamia nut blend, and I never knew there was such a thing as a macadamia nut blend, but there is. It's a delicious Hawaiian-style macadamia nut, medium dark roasted, gently flavoured with macadamia nuts. Um, so yeah, it's bloody tasty. And one of the cool things about their packaging is they've got some pretty cool pictures on there. They've also got merchandise. You go on there and you can get some uh, Coffees of Hawaii merchandise. Which I think is kind of cool because they are kind of cool shots. So yeah, check it out. Go to coffeesofhawaii.com. They ship all around the world. And uh, we want to give them a big thanks for supporting the show. And uh, we're actually going to have someone on the show maybe next week just talking mm-hmm. a bit about their product and what they do. And uh, they're big on supporting Hawaii, which I think is kind of cool. And, and, and it's, it's, it's done differently to coffee elsewhere in the world. So that's what we're going to talk to them about. Um, Go ahead. I'm sure you've got a lot of you guys out there are coffee drinkers, so it'd be so good to support something that supports us. Get in there, and it's not always nice to get those beans and go get yourself a grinder, grind it yourself. You've got that coffee smell yeah, going through the house. The house. Oh. Get it in there, and you can, <sighs> you can have a nice, fresh coffee before you go out training. Well, I reckon that's the key to a coffee shop. Eh? If you go to a coffee shop and they've got the smell, yeah. it just makes you buy coffee. And you can have that in your house. Yeah, you can have it in your house. Seven days a week, 24 seven, hours, 24 seven. seven. And, you're, oh, cool. and how, how, Coffees of Hawaii is actually also going to be sponsoring Epic Camp. So oh, there you go. We're going to be having uh, coffee, a lot of coffee every day. Coffeeed up. Oh, you should see me when I have too much coffee, I tell you. So do do check that out. Um, it is well priced. Uh, get on there, and they should, like Bevan said, ship anywhere in the world. www.coffeesofhawaii.com Okay, we've also got if email questions, imantalk at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us for next week's show, if you have any for John Hellemans, let's just limit it to five people. <laughs> <laughs> Top five. Yeah. Top five only. Uh, um, also, go to our website, www.imantalk.com. Now, last week's show notes weren't up because I was in Taipei learning how to say I love you <laughs> and uh, so I won't do a Bathara thing on last week's show but I'll just have the links that we talked about in last week's show um, go to our blog page if you for Christmas ideas for presents um, money isn't a problem <laughs> and remember you just show your partner that page um, I've got somebody I coach in Florida who's uh, building a 25 metre pool in their backyard whoa, at the that's sensational it's a nice Christmas present <laughs> oh mate I wish it is missus um so um, what else um, okay so if you're going to buy anything through Amazon go on our store page and do on that we've had people doing that which is really cool um, it'd be really cool if you could click on one ad on our website it just gives us some revenue as well um, and people have been doing that which is really great just one ad per show is all we ask and anything else Jumbo? can you say goodbye in, uh, in Chinese you know what I was out for dinner oh wait a second John's coaching website Oh, triathloncoach.net. Yep. So I'm out for dinner, and I've got my video camera out talking to them all, and it's all having laughs, and they eat so much. It's unbelievable, because I'm a big eater. And honestly, we're out for dinner. There's probably, what, eight people there? They must have ordered over 35 dishes. <laughs> and it's not an exaggeration. It just kept coming and kept coming. It was yeah. awesome food. But anyway, so I said, how do you say hello and goodbye? And they go, hello, goodbye. <laughs> so, oh there so, go. so there you go. Goodbye. Aravadici. Aravadici. It's Italian today. And how do you say, how do you say New Zealand? What's the name Mary? I'm not that culturally. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I haven't been cultured correctly in New Zealand. It's like, I don't know. It's a good one. It's a question for the week. Anyway, <laughs> uh, you guys have a good week out there training, and we'll have our race reports, or at least let you know how on the blog. Get out there and train well. We'll see you soon next week.